Welcome to Psych Talk. I am your host, Jessica Lee, a licensed clinical psychologist. It is my mission to motivate, inspire, and educate you on everything psychology, mental health, and self-growth. Although topics discussed on this podcast are similar to therapy, Psych Talk is not a replacement for therapy and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Whether you are a mental health professional or student in the social science field, are interested in psychology and mindset shifts, or are just interested in gaining skills and knowledge to grow into the best version of yourself, this podcast is for you. My hope is to provide you with knowledge and skills that you can implement in your daily life that add up to make a big impact. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Psych Talk. I am so excited for you to join me for today's episode. Today I have a very special guest with me, Chris McDonald, who is a licensed professional counselor and holistic therapist in North Carolina. So Chris, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So do you mind introducing yourself a little bit about your background and what you do? Sure. I'm a holistic therapist, uh, licensed clinical mental health counselor in North Carolina, and I own Path to Hope Counseling, which is an online virtual practice. I had to get used to saying that because I did switch over to virtual um, last March, actually. So I was doing some in-person after the pandemic, but that didn't work out so well. So because I treat mostly young adults, they're just like good with online (laughs) So I kind of pivoted and went that direction. So I'm also a clinical supervisor and provide individual and group supervision. I started out as a school counselor and did that for 16 years and got burned out of that and wanted to to, uh, be able to find a field that was more supportive because I didn't feel like I got the support in the school system. And they didn't like me very much because I would advocate for students and and not say yes to everything. So they didn't mm-hmm. like me. <laughs> administration. So I decided to uh, do my own thing and move on to private practice. And I, I opened mine up and got my first space in 2015. So, but that was one of the best decisions I ever made. That's awesome. And yeah. I've definitely found that too. I know you said you treat young adults primarily. Yes. I treat children and adolescents. And I've found even when... I went back in person. A lot of my adolescents were like, online is just a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they're used to it. So Yeah, and the counseling world has changed. So I think that that's become such a viable option now. Absolutely, absolutely. And I have a few friends that, you know, have remained totally virtual in their private practices like you Exactly. Um, since the pandemic. So, well, thank you for sharing a little bit about your background yeah, and your journey. Yeah, sure. And you mentioned you're a holistic therapist and we're going to be discussing yes. uh, holistic counseling today. So first, can you define what it means to have a holistic approach to counseling? Sure. Um, well, when I first started, I was not holistic. I did traditional therapy, which is fine. And went that route. Uh, But then I discovered that I really like to treat the whole person. That's what holistic therapy is, treating body, mind, and spirit. So that to me, it goes a little bit further than talk therapy and often using the body. So I like to use a lot of somatic approaches. I've been, I've been certified in yoga. So I use some trauma-informed yoga with my sessions, meditation and mindfulness. So it can be a lot of quote unquote, out of the box therapy modalities. um, That's not it 
found in more traditional approaches, but mine really starts from the intake. So I created holistic intake forms that um, I use to get more background, to get a fuller picture of a client. So that might include like what are their exercise habits, eating habits, how much water do they drink, all those things that can impact mental health. And so I do a little bit more thoroughness with conducting any of my assessments. And also spiritual, I I do dive into some spiritual beliefs on the intake form if that's something they want to go into. Um, And again, a lot of this is more of the the out-of-the-box kind of modalities and and interests um, because there's a lot of different holistic practitioners out there, but everybody does things a little bit different. So that's the other thing to keep in mind that just because I'm holistic one way does not mean everyone else approaches it the same way that I do. So. I love that. And, you know, the, I guess, simple definition of mind, body, and spirit. I work in a hospital, so I see the integration of and the importance of the physical health and mental health Mm. um, daily. And you just mentioned that you haven't always been holistic in your practice. So do you mind sharing your journey on how you started incorporating, why you started incorporating holistic approaches? You know, I wish I found some of these practices a long time ago. I really do. Because I've always had anxiety. So, but I never knew like, wow, there are actual things you can do, these practices that can help you to be more resilient and to be less reactive to stress. So when I was um, treating clients, I found that many, you know, they would do well with traditional, but sometimes they would hit a wall. I call it the CBT wall when you can only go so far with cognitive strategies and they need something more. And I treat a lot of trauma. So with my clients that it can be more difficult for them just to do traditional therapy and it just, it just wasn't working as well for them. So I started small and started to add some breath work in. um, And that seemed to help, especially with anxiety and trauma. They got some regulation, but some people, have trouble doing breath work. So I was like, what, what else can I do? So that's when I discovered using some yoga and using some movement in therapy with breath work. So combining those modalities. And I found that, wow, this is like tremendous results. And the beautiful thing about it is like, if I have a client come to me, let's just say, and I, you know, I'm virtual, so I can't see their whole body, but Mm -hmm. they're, you know, struggling from the get-go and having trouble relaxing. And they're, I can see their moving a lot in their seat. They seem unfocused. I'll be like, do you want to do some yoga? (laughs) Would you like to do some breath work to start? And it changes the whole dynamic. And Mm -hmm. I can actually see it's it's wonderful to witness how it really can calm down their nervous system. And then they're able to focus more on the issue that happened maybe right before the session or whatever's going on verbally because otherwise the front our prefrontal cortex goes offline when we're feeling stressed and anxious mm-hmm. and and it can be difficult to focus in therapy so being able to use these tools is what makes a huge difference but it's also a lifestyle this is not something i just do in therapy when i work this is me <laughs> I, I use yoga every day and mindfulness and meditation in my my personal life and I integrate it fully. For me, it's a whole a holistic thing is integrating it personally and professionally. And that's another thing I, I do is I teach clients how to use these modalities, not just for therapy, but in personal practice, like outside of therapy. Mm-hmm. They can't expect to come to me and just, oh, I did some yoga and breath work. I'm good. No, you have to <laughs> you have to be able to practice outside so that you can build that 
um, open that window of tolerance, right? So that you can build that res- the resilience, the inner resource, so you can handle things more that come your way and to do that on a regular basis. And of course, that's that's the problem, isn't it? To develop these practices and mm-hmm. with consistency. But that that's one thing that I, I work a lot with clients on is, is figuring out how to best do that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And you, you mentioned earlier, you're certified in yes. yoga, correct? Yep. 200 uh, hours. Yep. So that's amazing in the sense that, you know, I never expected to be on this road. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get certified in yoga? Like once you started incorporating it or was, did you it start took a little while? Okay. I never was good. At, it's just funny to me how in our careers we can pivot and go in so many different directions we never expected. I mean, I was a school counselor. I never mm-hmm. thought I'd become a therapist in private practice and then moving on to group practice. And then I discovered yoga and I was like, you know, I love this so much. Let me just take this the whole way and just go, go for it. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Movement yeah. is so powerful. Oh, I am not trained in yoga, but I know, you know, historically if yeah. I have clients that are able to like, we'll go walk during sessions. Cause just like that movement and being outside in nature for many, yeah, it's, it's really powerful. helpful. And then you're not like staring at someone they can talk and um, yeah. take in everything around them. Um, but that's so the bi- that bilateral movement is mm-hmm. when you're walking too. And that that's what calms the nervous system. And some people actually do better if you're just walking, if they're next to you. I know a lot of people are doing that walk and talk therapy. Mm-hmm. So another thing I wanted to ask you about, so holistic, like as the term, has become somewhat of a buzzword on of course. social mm-hmm. media, as with a lot of terms. Yeah. So yeah. what mm-hmm. do you believe are some misconceptions about Mm. holistic approaches or just the term holistic when it comes to mental health in particular? Yeah, I know. Because you do hear a lot. There are a lot of holistic modalities that you don't need to be a therapist for. You don't need a therapy degree. So you do got to be careful, you know, that you're not just going to someone that is quote unquote holistic provider, but they're they want to treat quote unquote trauma, but they're not a therapist being <laughs> cautious with that. Um, so there's misconceptions that you're not trained. But of course, I have my training as a licensed therapist. And and if that's what you're needing, then you need to make sure that somebody is licensed for that. Because I think that, you know, you want to make sure you have someone that knows what they're doing with this to fully integrate holistic modalities. But I think there is a stigma with it, too. Um, I've seen it myself firsthand with my podcast that I have, um, the Holistic Counseling podcast that I started in um, April 2021, that not all therapists are supportive of each other. Right. I've Mm -hmm. seen that firsthand. And there's a lot of stigma with bringing in a lot of these new modalities and, oh, that's unethical to use, like, for example, tarot and counseling, or how can you use yoga? And that should be separate. You should have a separate business for that and a lot of judgment. And um, but I think that once you get that scope of competence, right, that you get the training, you get the supervision, um, experience is another way that we get our confidence that it's okay to use these modalities mm-hmm. and you're going to, they're going to be haters, right? People that don't get it. They're more traditional therapists and they don't believe that therapy should be evolving. But for me, I think it's great that it's evolving into more of these holistic realms and, and it is evidence-based yoga is evidence-based mm-hmm. and so much is, there's so much research out there that 
even essential oils, there's research on how it can help with anxiety and depression, help with emotional regulation, even energy healing. I've done so much research on this. It's it's out there, but people just automatically jump. It's not CBT research-based, mm-hmm. right? So, but there is, I just think being open-minded with this makes a big difference. Thank you for sharing. And I yeah, really yeah. like that you highlighted the stigma because I mean, I'll, I'll be completely transparent. Like when holistic became yeah. much more of a buzzword and you see like holistic coaches or practitioners, like you said, yes. that don't have any necessarily training in mental health, but say they can heal trauma and things like that. It does like as a licensed psychologist kind of make you weary oh, of, okay, sure. what does this work? But to your point, like if you have somebody that's trained in the mental health field and trained in these other modalities, there is science, there is research and, you know, Mm -hmm. the confidence piece that you highlighted, as long as you know that you are doing what is best for your clients, you're confident in what you are providing. That is what is the most important. For Um, sure. Yeah. So you've already mentioned some holistic strategies that you use in your practice. Like you mentioned yoga and breath work. Um, But I just really wanted to give you the opportunity to discuss some of the strategies that you use, maybe some of your favorite or even describe in more detail kind of what they are. So I'll let you have the floor and talk about whatever you want. (laughs) I love all these. (laughs) There's so much Jessica I could talk about. Um, but one thing that I always start with, with every client, I think everybody can use some grounding. So I think grounding is so important. And if you don't know what grounding is, that just, is just kind of getting yourself centered into your body, especially if you have trauma, a lot of people get disconnected from their bodies. So practicing these skills of grounding is so essential and it can be as simple as physically just connecting with your feet, noticing your feet on the floor right now, you can do it right now can wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers, getting yourself back in, just noticing sensations, which is part of yoga too. And what do you feel right now in your shoulders? So if you tune into your shoulders, so those kind of like body scans, we call those going from head to toe, just noticing where you are. And a lot of times I start sessions with that too, just to kind of get everybody in the, in the moment, right. When we're doing counseling, cause you know, I'm still getting myself into this client from my other client, right? Or whatever else I had for the day. And it's kind of, for me, it kind of integrates that relationship. Okay, we're here. We have arrived, right? Mm -hmm. And let's get settled before we start. And sometimes that could be using grounding with breath work. I call it layering too, using different kinds of holistic modalities, like using grounding, but then maybe using some breath work and maybe a little movement too. So doing Mm -hmm. all of those or mindfulness strategies, all those together, I think can really be helpful to start a session or in the middle. Like I said, if, if all of a sudden somebody gets dysregulated, let's try something right now just to take a break and get yourself back together. See how that goes, you know, but yeah, some, so grounding is, is definitely one I like to use a lot and I teach a lot of grounding skills so that clients can practice that outside a session. And another one, of course, is trauma-informed yoga. So using that, I think is so helpful. Um, and of course yoga includes meditation too. That's one of the limbs of yoga. So I teach meditation as part of yoga practice with clients, but it's all about for me is, is gentle, mindful movements. So I'm not going to have them do a hundred sun salutations or anything <laughs> too crazy. Cause I can't do a hundred either, but 
slowing down. And that slowing down is what brings awareness into our bodies and keeps us more centered and focused. And sometimes yoga can be used too for energizing. So I see clients with depression. So it doesn't always have to be calming down. Sometimes if we're in dysregulation, we can be more in the depressive shutdown mode and trying to get them to try some, I I do some Qigong strategies too, as part of yoga and just some energy movement, just getting the body moving just a little bit more to feel more energized. So it can be a combo of both energizing and grounding or one of the above. And so that, again, they can practice these at home. I do have um, a YouTube channel that I I give to clients (laughs) with some of these strategies because they forget, right? So Therapist Raleigh on YouTube is one it's my YouTube channel that I uh, give some of these or I put them on social media as well so they can practice some of these strategies because it, it is a practice. You can't do these one time and be like, oh, I'm good now. So mm. this is something that's ongoing to keep yourself more in that homeostasis of our bodies and nervous system. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I love, I'll, I'll add the link to your YouTube um, oh, thanks. in the yeah, show notes as well. But as you were talking and like you were just saying, you know, I start with grounding skills or mindfulness and thinking about the conversation we just had five minutes ago about the stigma. I wonder if practitioners realize that they probably actually use they probably do holistic (laughs) approaches because grounding techniques are something we are taught. Mindfulness, like I don't know any licensed therapist now that would like argue against mindfulness being beneficial. I mean, there's probably somebody out there. (laughs) I don't like to talk (laughs) one in every bunch. Um, But, you know, grounding skills, meditation, like those are holistic practices. Yet we were just talking about the stigma and like misconceptions. In reality, a lot of therapists, even if you do just traditional talk CBT, are probably Mm -hmm. integrating some of these. Now, maybe not the trauma-informed yoga, which is so interesting to me because that's not an area that I have any knowledge Mm -hmm. in, um, but yeah, meditation and things like that. Um, And I know you've mentioned other things like essential oils, tarot cards, um, other somatic techniques. Are those things that you use in your practice? I've done a little bit of everything. (laughs) (laughs) When I had it, well, it's a problem. Well, it's not a problem, but I have virtual practice. So essential yeah. oils are a little tricky now because True. they True. have to have the essential oils. But what I would do in my in-person practice is um, I had a diffuser. So mm-hmm. I would sometimes I would say I use my intuition as part of my holistic practice, too. I would say, what do I need to use today? What would be a scent today or one of my oils? And it might be wild orange is a very common one. And maybe some people could use some uplift that are coming today. And it would just be something I would use my intuition for. Or um, I would say, you know, what? I have an oil I want you to to take a look at. Just tell me what you think of this or give them a couple and just have them just put under their nose and smell. And, and you know, you're welcome to put some on your skin if you want to have some with you. And because a lot of the clients that come to me are already open to holistic things because mm-hmm. they come usually see my website and that's where I talk about it. And most are pretty open, but I listen as well. So if somebody is talking, they're like, yeah, well, I used lavender before bed last night. So I really try to listen and tune in. So most are people are using some of these anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just started using some tarot cards with therapy and, and I don't, and it's not about reading the future or anything like fortune telling, you know, I have clients that they'd use that daily. So I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? Okay, pull a card right now. 
let's see what comes up <laughs> and have them tell me. So it, it's kind of just like almost like that Rorschach test of like, <laughs> what are they, what the picture, what tells them what, what does that mean to mm-hmm. you? And it's, it's just using whatever the client feels would be healing. And that's so healing. And I can't begin to tell you how excited this wanting a young adult. And I said that she's like, you want me what? <laughs> and she, and she did, she was like, this is so awesome. I can't believe I, I, I can do this in therapy. We can talk about this. And, and it, you know what it did? It opened up a whole other discussion about her future and the card. Mm-hmm. Well, it totally matched with what, well, whatever she projected onto it, right. About being un- indecisive about her future. And it was just a powerful, powerful moment in therapy. So, but uh, just finding those, those things that clients are already connecting with and using those, I think is just so powerful. I love that. And what I was hearing in everything you're talking about is just being very client centered Yeah, and going back to the definition of holistic being treating the mind, body, and spirit to your point, if somebody comes in and is already using tarot Mm -hmm. cards and it's important to them, you know, incorporating that into your practice. Um, I know you said during your intake, you assess for like spirituality and ask questions about that. And so if Mm -hmm. that is something that's important, Bring it up. And they want to incorporate that. And I ask that question. That's the thing. Because I'm not going to bring, if I say in my intake, are you comfortable discussing spiritual or religious practices in therapy? If they say no, then I don't, mm-hmm. you don't talk about it. But if they want to, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, reaching out to to pray, if you're having trouble, let's talk about that. Is that something that would help you with coping with whatever it is you're going through? Or do you talk to angels? Let's talk about that. What is that like for you? And so for me, it's just bringing all that in that they're already doing and being, oh, having these open discussions about their spiritual beliefs and mm-hmm. bringing that in. Because I think that's such a core part that's missing from traditional therapy is the spiritual component. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And everybody has their own beliefs and spiritual beliefs. And I know like for, well, we both live in in the South, but like a lot of people are very religious in my area and, you know, prayer is very important to them. So I'm not going to go and tell people to pray, but if prayer is a important coping skill to them, they will bring it into the session. Um, And I know, yeah, for some people in our field, it's very much like, there's certain mm-hmm. things that we need to leave out of the therapy room, but going back to the definition of holistic <laughs> of being mind, body, and spirit, that's not treating the whole person if we're av- right. avoiding an aspect. Yeah. And I also include um, on my forms too, like what what are some holistic modalities you already use? So I, I do have a question about that with essential oils or do you use crystals? And so that kind of leads and opens it up a little bit too. And if they're already using them, I ask them about, so how do you use meditation? What's that what mm-hmm. kind of meditation? And and that can bring it a whole other direction too. That's so interesting to, to me. And just like, I mean, I know you said people will usually come to you because you are holistic. They've seen your website. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you t- tend to like prompt people on your form or do people like know what holistic modalities is before are before? Oh, I prompt. Okay. Oh no, yeah. I was just wondering. Yeah. Cause yeah, no, I totally, yeah. I redid all my forms um, and made them all holistic, which actually they are available if anybody wants to buy them. <laughs> um, just throw that plug in there. But yeah. uh, because that, that to me, that was so important. I was like, you know, I really wanted to make, because th- most assessment forms aren't just generic, plain, mm-hmm. just, and I was like, this is not me. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to include what is important for me with, with when I'm first meeting with someone, but because I haven't filled out before. And then, you know, when we meet, I can just review anything from the form, but mm-hmm. I think that's so important to include yourself, right? What What is important to you as a therapist, right? If there are therapists mm-hmm. listening and, and yeah. kind of going from there. Absolutely. And I know you mentioned earlier on your forms, even things like what are eating and exercise and like water consumption yes. mm-hmm. habits. And that's something I say to my clients all the time. And, you know, on social media, like if yep. you're stressed, overwhelmed, look at the basics, go back to the basics. Are you drinking exactly. water? What does your sleep look like? When was the last time you moved? Yep. What are your eating habits? Because yes. Okay. Eating a balanced diet may not cure your major depressive disorder, but it is going to have an impact on how you're yes. feeling and functioning. It's um, all connected. Well, I don't know about point. you. I've had clients that don't eat all day and mm-hmm. then they eat, they binge at night and it's, that's going to affect your mood too. Abs- absolutely. And I'm just trying to reflect, like I know, and granted I work for a hospital system. Our forms are very true, like, standard, yeah. but like, I can't think of any times I've been in therapy or just other people's forms that ask me about like eating exercise. Now, doctor like medical doctors sure sure. yes but not in therapy and yet it is so important absolutely yeah and exercise I think especially with depression people have to get moving somehow and it doesn't mean they have to do hardcore workouts but just to move even just 15 minute walks and that's something I talk to clients a lot about too to take care of themselves and to get like you said going back to the basics of self-care with those eating drinking what are you drinking and you know making sure to move and spiritual practices I think is part of that too absolutely so you've mentioned a lot of holistic practices and kind of how you got here so how do you believe that combining the traditional like the CBT DBT things like that and holistic strategies can enhance therapy effectiveness and improve outcomes for clients yeah well I think uh, overall, it just it brings together the best of both worlds because mm-hmm. traditional therapy works. We know it does. But when we add some holistic pieces to this, it brings it to a whole other level. To me, it just up levels your whole practice. Um, and for, if you're somebody looking for counseling, this is going to bring it over the edge, I think, to mm-hmm. where especially people. What I get a lot is people come to me because they're like, I've been in therapy 20 years and I just can't seem to get the healing that I want. Mm -hmm. They've tried traditional therapy and many kinds of therapists. And then once they go through using some holistic strategies, plus I do brain spotting. So that's another holistic, to me, that's holistic too. (laughs) Another part to use our visual field as part of healing. Um, It just knocks it up a bit to really find the level of healing that they want. And I I have seen it. I know it's not quote unquote evidence-based in a research study, but I've seen the healing and people just getting to that place where, you know, that they, they don't even meet criteria for PTSD anymore. It's just phenomenal to see, you know, people be able to make those changes. And, and, but this, like I said, it's not just, I'm going to therapy, so I'm going to do breath work with my therapist. No, this is a personal practice. So learning how to change your lifestyle to add these practices in on a daily basis, a consistent basis, which changes your brain. Mm-hmm. So you are rewiring your brain. 
And it's a good thing because you're rewiring hopefully out of those anxious thoughts or ruminations, whatever it is you're dealing with so that you can be more regulated. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love one point that you keep bringing up is like the practice outside of therapy. And I think all of us as you know, therapists, psychologists, clinicians always encourage our clients to do so. But if I'm thinking like traditional CBT, like challenging your cognitive distortion, you have to wait until a cognitive distortion comes up to (laughs) to challenge it (laughs) versus like yoga or breath work. And I mean, I know with my clients that we use mindfulness, I encourage them to practice it in times that they're not stressed and overwhelmed. So they get into that practice. But I'm just thinking from maybe a client standpoint, and I don't know if you've received feedback on this, like the more holistic approaches may be quote unquote easier to practice outside of sessions because they're like more tangible in a sense. Like it's true. Here are some yoga moves or here is this skill that I want you to practice. You don't have to be stressed or overwhelmed to do so. It's going to make you feel good anyway, versus like the, the band-aid approach skill too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always talk to their to clients about and therapists. I see there I do use some uh I do some therapy for therapists too. So mm-hmm. um so that's not my talk about that band-aid approach that it's our whole society. Let's wait till you know somebody gets hurt before we decide, oh, how can we prevent this from happening, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why not if you have an anxiety about something, why not do some breath work before you go to an event that makes you anxious? Why yeah. not do these on a regular basis so that your body can get used to doing these practices? Because you don't want to just learn a breath work but never do it. And then wait, I'm going to wait till I'm anxious. And then you're like, yeah. I don't know how to do it. Wait, what did she say? Breathe in for four. What? <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, because we know when our, our anxious brain is going, we can't think. Can't think, or, right? Takes it offline. So yeah. so the more your your body remembers. Mm-hmm. So once you practice and integrate this into your body, your body's going to remember how to use this. I love it. Knows what to do. Your body will know what to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sense memory. And um, yes. I, I love everything that you've been sharing and talking about. And awesome. you've mentioned that people come to you because you are a holistic therapist. How can people go about finding a holistic therapist? And like, are there specific things that people should look for? Maybe right. things that people should avoid or like red flags? I don't know. I'll yeah. let you answer this. <laughs> yeah. Just as I mentioned before, just being cautious, right? With what mm-hmm. you're looking for. And it can be too, like if you're interested in a therapist who uses yoga, for example, so that might be something to look up differently than if it's just a regular holistic therapist. Because again, there's a continuum. There are some holistic therapists, they treat the whole person, but they don't use a lot of holistic modalities, if that makes sense. They might Mm -hmm. use some, you know, mindfulness, but they're not using as many as others. So some people use a whole bunch. Some people just focus on one. So, so just think about what is it that you want to have integrated into your therapy. And there are some, like, for example, for brain spotting, there is like a list. You can look up certified brain spotters to to find that based on your location. Um, there are some, some yoga too. If you look up, um, now I'm blanking it out, <laughs> the RYT yoga, you can look up practitioners on there now. All that's that includes all yoga, but there are some some of us that are licensed therapists on there. Unfortunately, there's not a directory that's quote unquote holistic therapist, <laughs> which there should be, I guess. But that you can also look up and, and just Google to try to find that. But if you want actual therapy, making sure that it's not a quote unquote holistic provider that says 
they are, but they're not a therapist. So mm-hmm. licensed therapist or LCSW, somebody like that, it can provide the therapy or licensed psychologist. So just being being cautious with that too. But a lot are a lot of people are it's moving in that direction. A lot more mm-hmm. are labeling themselves as holistic therapists, which is very exciting. And guess what? There's actual degrees now for holistic therapy, which this I'm aging myself, but they didn't have that when I went to school. So I didn't know that. Because I hear from people with my podcast all over the world that tell me about these, uh, I think it was Australia, um, like there's a holistic mental health counseling degree. I was like, wow, this is so cool. Interesting. So maybe one day in the future, there will be a holistic, I was going to say registry. I don't think that's the right word, but like (laughs) directory or directory. That's the word I was looking for. Registry. Yeah. Conversation a lot. Um, Well, and another thing, as you were just talking about, you know, that I was thinking when finding, you know, a holistic therapist, you know, having the potential client like ask, you know, yes, what interventions do you use? And I mean, I encourage that of anybody therapy, Mm -hmm. but you know, I am really into essential oils or yoga. Do you incorporate that into your practice or know anybody that? Yes. So, so interview, yeah, definitely interviewing your therapist, potential therapist too. And just to get a feel from them too, is this somebody I would feel comfortable to work with? And if you can get a consultation before, I think that makes a big difference. Oh, absolutely. Um, Regardless of why you're seeking therapy, having a good sense of this is a person I feel like I could connect with. I always say, or like shoes, not all are going to fit and be comfortable. So No, absolutely. (laughs) I tell people that all the time. And the first therapist you try is probably not, or I don't want to say probably not going to work out, but like a lot of people don't end up staying with the first therapist they try out. (laughs) It's okay. Um, Yeah, no. And that's just part of it because it's about the client. Right. Like you have so beautifully said in many different ways um, during the discussion. But it is growing. It's a growing field that, you know, I think things are moving more in that direction. When I was, I got um, my uh, certification in yoga in 2019, I had been looking in 2017, 2018 for trainings and I couldn't find much, but now there's a lot more different kinds of trainings about using yoga and therapy. So mm-hmm. I think this is, you're going to see lots more out there now, which is very exciting to to see these holistic modalities being more available. Oh, definitely. And I think that goes back to, you know, graduate school doesn't teach you no. these things. I mean, I was taught like mindfulness techniques. I didn't get that. Gra- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some grounding <laughs> techniques, but like, yeah. yeah, you don't learn um, all of the things that you were talking about, like brain spotting. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Like I n- never even heard of until. I know. <laughs> probably the past few years. And what's so exciting though, is I'm getting clients that are requesting it, which I think is so cool that people are hearing more about these modalities and, you know, outside of traditional therapies. I think that's what's so exciting. Absolutely. So as we are getting close to the end and wrapping up this episode, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about anything maybe I haven't asked you about that you would like to touch on, anything that you feel is like really important or you're passionate about, anything you want to share with regard to holistic counseling. 
Well, I think that if you're not sure, I know I mentioned a whole lot of <laughs> different kinds of strategies and different things in therapy that you can experience. Or if you're a therapist, you know, you're not sure you've heard of some of these, you might be questioning it. Just give it a try. Just just mm-hmm. experiment, try different things. Um, there's so much out there that you can learn. Um, and, you know, if you check out my podcast, I, I do have an episode I think that your listeners might like. Um, I did a solo episode on self-soothing for emotional regulation. So if you want to practice some hands-on skills and just see what that's like, um, and some of those are yoga techniques. That's my episode 93 for the Holistic Counseling Podcast. And I'll put the link to that to Jessica. Okay. So I, I to me, I'm all about these tools, right? These hands-on tools to practice and and just see how that, that settles for you and works for you. Just being open-minded about that. Yeah. I, I listened to that episode. Oh, did you? Um, yes, I did. <laughs> did it um, help you? Yes. No, it was, it was, and I have to say like to give you a compliment. I know you gave me a very nice one before we started recording, but like your voice on the podcast, especially for that episode was like soothing within itself. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. just like, yeah. When you're talking okay. about self-soothing techniques and then you have somebody's voice, that's like very calm and smooth. Cause I feel like a lot of times, like I can have, you know, my therapist voice, but sure. I can also yeah. be very like <laughs> energetic, exactly. and, but no, it, it was very helpful. And, um, I guess on that note, yeah. you know, you've mentioned your podcast, you've mentioned <laughs> YouTube. So like, where can people connect with you? Um, what do you have going on? Plug whatever you <laughs> want and I will add it all into the show notes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So my podcast, you can, it's on um, Apple podcasts or any podcatchers, but you can also go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com and my private practice. If you want to uh, see what I do there and connect with me there, it's www.pathtohopecounseling.com. And um, I know Jessica's going to have this probably in her show notes too. So, but I can also give you the link for my um, holistic intake forms too, if you want that. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Chris, thank you so much for coming on and chatting. And I have learned a lot just from you and listening to you and and I'm a huge research nerd. So I'm (laughs) like, go look up more research on holistic approaches and- I appreciate you taking time out of your day to come and talk and educate our listeners on what it truly means to be a holistic therapist. Like we said, there's stigma, there's misunderstanding. So I hope this episode has cleared things up for my listeners. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you all the listeners for joining for today's episode of Psych Talk. And I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Psych Talk. I hope you found so much value. If you loved what you heard or gained some knowledge, I would love for you to take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram stories, and tag me at Jessica Lee PhD. Additionally, I would be honored if you leave a review and five-star rating so I can continue to help this podcast grow. If you are not already, follow me on Instagram and join my Facebook community, Grow Through What You Go Through. Thank you for joining me today, and I cannot wait for you to join me during the next episode. Remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and you are braver than you know.